Welcome back to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We are at episode 69. Welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. We're learning how to create an epic brand, find the right marketing strategies, and building your business is a constant evolution, classroom, and lab. Each week, we'll be diving into all things brand and marketing with special guests and solo episodes to help you build your business brand and big idea. Hey there, you beautiful, beautiful human. Thank you so much for tuning in again this week. I know that some of you hang out for Thursdays when the podcast goes live. I know this because you send me messages if it doesn't go live on a Thursday morning. So we do try and get them out kind of Wednesday night. That's just a sneaky little secret that I'm going to tell you because you're listening. We do try and get them out on a Wednesday night ready for Thursday morning for those of you who do jump in. And I do love the messages that I get from people going, I can't find it. Where is it? I'm waiting for it. I'm like, no pressure, people. But but anyway, I just love that I have such a beautiful, engaged, uh, sharing community. I don't know if I've shared it with you before, but I have had guests kind of say to me, oh my gosh, how do you get your community to share so much? Like they share so much of what you've got. And I'm just like, because they're awesome. And because I ask, remember that, you know, no matter what you do in business, if you want something, as my mother always taught me, ask for what you want. So I do ask you all the time to share if you're listening to the podcast, if you've enjoyed something, if you've taken action, if something's really resonated for you, then I love hearing that because there's nothing that's, you know, it's just not fun if... I'm putting content out there and I don't know if it's resonating for you or not. So I really do value your input. I value your sharing and I value your feedback as well. And just on that, if there are any particular topics that you want me to cover, then I would love to hear what they are. If I can do it, I will. If I need to find an expert on a particular topic, I will as well. So that's just a little something, something. Now, For those of you who are new to the podcast and you've just heard me ramble on just then, that's okay. You know, I like to keep it real on here, but welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. My name is Suze Chadwick. I'm your host, and this podcast is brought to you by The Connection Exchange. And if we haven't met, then hey there, I work with women in business to help you build a confidently bold brand articulate a really powerful message and attract the clients that you want so that you can play bigger and brand bolder. Okay. So the other thing I want to share with you before we dive into this week's episode, which is a good one, is that the Brand Builders Academy is opening very soon for the next live round. So I'm currently updating the content. There are epic bonuses. And if you want to start to build a confidently bold brand, nail your message, create the right strategies, systems, and structures to scale your business, then you need to join the waitlist to find out when registrations open. So all you have to do is go to theconnectionexchange.com forward slash BBA waitlist. That's Brand Builders Academy, BBA. So that's theconnectionexchange.com forward slash BBA waitlist. Get on the waitlist. I'm going to be sending out emails very soon. And I'm super excited to dive into the updated brand spanking new Brand Builders Academy. And 
have eight weeks of coaching with you to help you to really implement everything that we're talking about. So without further ado, let's dive into this week's episode. This week, I've got Sophie Timothy, who I have to say, she shares everything that I put out on the podcast. I love her. I'm excited to have her on the podcast today. And we are talking all about the power of niching. So Sophie is a branding and headshot photographer and the founder of Sister Scout Studios, focused on empowering women by creating a safe space for them to step past fear and show up as their true selves, which we're going to talk about. She offers women who run service-based businesses opportunities to embrace who they are, to learn, connect, and be in a community with others on the same journey. Now, in this episode, Sophie and I are talking about a lot of different things. We're talking about, you know, the old debate of should you niche, should you not niche? And for those of you who, you know, don't understand what the word niche means, it means to narrow your focus down and target a specific person or market so that you're not trying to be everything to everybody. We're going to talk about the pros of niching as well, how to choose your niche, how to serve your niche the best, as well as we're going to be talking about events and community. We're going to be talking about income and revenue and so much more. So we kind of dive in deep and we're going to be talking about lots of great things today. So enjoy this week's podcast episode. If you enjoy it, as always, I'd love you to share it. Tag myself at Suze Chadwick and you can tag Sophie as well at Sister Scout Studios and let us know what you think. Have you niched? Are you thinking about it? Does it scare you? Is it the best thing you've done? We want to know it all. So let's dive in. Sophie, welcome to the Brand Builders Lab podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Suze. Oh, my pleasure. I do love you. You are one of my biggest sharers, which, <laughs> so I have big love for you. I'm a bit of a fangirl of yours, <laughs> Like I just said on my stories, I've already listened to today's episode and now I'm about to be on your podcast. There you go. There you go. I love it. I love it. So for those of you, I've obviously given a little bit of an intro, but for those of my listeners who don't know you, can you give us a bit more about who you are and how you ended up here? Yeah, for sure. Um, So you probably already mentioned that I'm a photographer. That's my trade, I suppose. But I like to sort of say what I do in a slightly different way, which is that um, I empower women by creating a safe space for them to really step up into themselves, um, move past fear and like show up as their true selves. Um, and I offer women who run service-based businesses um, opportunities to embrace who they are, to learn, to connect um, with other women also on that journey. Um, and I do that through branding and headshot photography as well as more recently events. So that's a bit of who I am. Um, in terms of how I ended up there, <laughs> I taught myself photography in my 20s. So I actually studied journalism at university. Um, I had like mad dreams of being a music journalist. I was obsessed with music and went off to uni to basically become the guy from Almost Famous. Um, <laughs> <Love> <laughs> ended up- Hang on a sec. So what kind of music? Oh, God. Like I was really into kind of alternative Australian um pop rock kind of something for Kate and Powderfinger and yeah. well, Powderfinger not so much but um 
yeah, like little indie Aussie bands, not okay. well-known stuff. Um, yeah, I was so like, not like me. I'm like a total <laughs> Kylie fan. Yeah. No, I would have been a hater of you. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, but here so we are, but here we are together. Oh, that's Kylie. Right. It's Thought great, up, right? <laughs> Out of our little silos. Um, so yeah, I that was my dream, but I ended up actually working as a news reporter, um, yeah, on radio. So that was kind of my start in journalism was as a rural reporter. I was like reading the news to farmers. Um, and then I ended up in the like the metropolitan newsroom doing that. Um, and then I guess my career pivoted a few times and I ended up in marketing and comms. That was my most recent kind of job as a paid employee was um, working for a not-for-profit in the aged care space, actually, um, in content creation. So I was telling the stories about clients who were people with dementia. So I'd go into homes and care homes and literally sit down with people with dementia and their carers and interview them. Um, take their photograph and tell their stories. So, yeah, that was kind of my most recent employment. Um, And so where would that go? Where would those stories go? They'd go into their annual report, their social media, um, yeah, that kind of stuff, Um, email marketing, I suppose, advertising. Um, Yeah, it was a really special job. Um, At the same time, I was working as a photographer. So the photography thing kind of came, I started my brand or started working, being paid for my photography six years ago. Um, It was one of those things, you know, I got given a camera when I was 21 and just sort of, for me, it was another avenue of telling stories. Um, You know, I'd always loved telling stories. So for me, it was a visual way to do that, to sort of meet someone and distill who they are into a story, a visual story. and that initially, I guess the stage of life I was in, people started asking me to shoot their weddings and I was like, hell no, that is like terrifying. Um, but after enough people asking, I was like, oh, maybe I should do this. So I actually ran a Kickstarter campaign to um, crowdfund my business. Wow, um, I did yeah. not know that. See, the crazy on a podcast. <laughs> yeah, like looking back, it was kind of silly. So but- what year was this? So this was six 20, years ago. 2013, yeah. Look at you. Yeah. So ahead of your time. <laughs> oh, well, it was, yeah, maybe, I don't know. It was a bit crazy. It was a possible campaign mm-hmm. and um, the rewards were like really cheap wedding packages and prints. And so it was really just a way of getting some cash up front so that I could then go buy the equipment I needed because um, photography is an expensive hobby. Yeah. Um, and so, so how did that go? Um, yeah, it went really well. I, I like raised five grand and went off and bought my first um, full frame camera and three lenses. I think it was, they were, it was like all secondhand cause that's all I could afford. Yeah. Um, yeah. I shot on that. I like, I only stopped using that camera probably a year and a half ago. <laughs> oh, it mustn't so, have been too bad then. Yeah. Um, yeah. So how did the wedding photos go? Yeah. Pretty good. Like from there, it kind of just snowballed. Like I yeah. just, I guess, because I love telling stories, that's kind of the approach I took was more of a documentary style and a more relaxed style. And I think that's when people started. It's funny, like getting married goes in and out of fashion and it was kind of, it still is in fashion, I think at the moment. And a lot of people were wanting to get married and have that kind of more relaxed sort of style wedding. So yeah, that's what I started to do. I did that for a good four and a half, five years as a side hustle. Um, And then uh, when we were starting to think about having a kid, um, I thought, you know what? Weddings probably aren't going to suit black like, family life all that well. 
Yeah. Um, so I started to dip my toe into other genres of photography. So I started doing more family photography and also um, that's when I started exploring something I was really passionate about, which was photographing women and particularly makers. I was really interested in creatives. So started doing a few shoots on the side. Um, and what I found was that it was more service providers that were finding me. So florists and coaches and people who really needed to put their face out there. Um, and I suddenly realized I really loved doing that work. Yeah. <laughs> so that's where that kind of all started. At that point, I was just called Sophie Timothy. Um, Sister Scout Studio didn't exist as a brand. That only happened after I had my son and, um, now I'm really grateful for it, but at the time it wasn't so great. I was made redundant on maternity leave and it just really was like the universe just saying, just go for it. Like stop doing this whole splitting yourself in half thing, trying to do, you know, like why I just was being held back, I think by confidence and feeling like I couldn't do it, but actually like that was probably just over maybe a year and a half ago that I was made redundant. And since then, like, I've never been happier in my business and my business has massively grown and it's just been fabulous. So thank you, not for profit, for making me redundant. <laughs> okay. um, awesome. Yeah, so I rebranded at that point, I should mention. I rebranded at that point and um, my commercial work became Sister Scout Studio and I really started to work a lot with women service providers and then I ditched weddings just recently in the last year and I'm still doing families, but it's really not my focus at the moment. It's all about Sister Scout and that's who I'm sort of representing today, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. So a couple of questions and a couple of things there. The first one is where does Sister Scout come from? Yeah, good question. So <laughs> I actually had a, I had a meeting. going to be like, I don't know. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it was kind of random, but I had a um, brainstorming session with um, a business coach friend of mine called Kate McCready and she, okay. I don't know, we just sat down and we're like throwing names around and because I wanted it to be oriented about around women, sister kind of worked. Scout, I was a girl guide for like 18 years of my life. <laughs> Confession. <laughs> um, so that kind of resonated with me, but also I felt like that it was a good... Um, it had like a few meanings, like to scout out something is to kind of go after it. You've got like talent scouts who kind of, you know, find people who are like talented and bring them into their agency, that kind of thing. And then studio, I don't know, just kind of had a ring to it. Well, photo studio works, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And also I thought, you know, if it grows beyond, I don't know, I don't think I really actually thought that much about it, but it left a little bit of possibility open to it becoming more than just me or just yeah. photography. So, yeah. Awesome. Yeah. The other thing I just wanted to say is I love hearing things like you crowdfunded the start <laughs> of your business. So for my listeners out there where there is a will, there is a way, you know, that, that was super creative. And I think that that's awesome. Like what you have people want. So if you need to quickly raise money there are potential options like I just think there's there's always different ideas to come up with and I think it's you don't always have to take the path that everybody else takes so I love that that you did that <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard of anybody else like I mean I know I see product-based businesses yeah. that yeah. use like possible and Kickstarter, all of those yeah. crowdfunding but I, I'm not sure that I've heard of a business that <laughs> I, know. I don't know but I love it I don't know if the rules have changed, but 
like look into it because I got. Well, a- if you're offering a product or a service, yeah. or that, I think you I have to do what the time was. You had to be not in business already. Like that was kind of this okay. has to be your. You have to be yes. a startup. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Now the other question that I wanted to ask you before we dive in and talk about the power of niching is you mentioned that what your mission is or what your goal is within your business is really helping women to step into their full selves. And I kind of want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, for sure. What does that mean? What do you see? What's happening out there? Yeah, I think um, often when people come knocking on my door, and probably you find this too, Sue, is when people come knocking on our doors, they're at a place of kind of take, they're sort of wanting to take that leap but maybe feeling a little bit reluctant to put themselves out there. They know that to build their business, they have to build the know, like, and trust factor. And that involves putting their face out there and really bringing more of themselves to their business. But, you know, there's confidence lacking in that area because, well, yeah, all of us just have, you know, these critical voices in our head telling us we're not good enough and, um, you know, that no one wants to see our face, that we're ugly, like all these things. And as a photographer particularly, like I hear that stuff all the time. Like I'll be photographing people and they'll be just sharing their insecurities with me. And it's like heartbreaking because I just, when I'm photographing them, all I can see is, their beauty and like the beauty of who they are as a person and I guess through my photography and through hopefully through the other things that Sister Scout will offer in the future like upskilling people in certain areas or offering a community to support them that kind of thing um, they'll come to realize that actually it's those things that make them really unique and um, the things that we kind of most fear about ourselves are the things that people are really attracted to and interested about um, and then, you know, we shouldn't shy away from sharing that, those quirky things about ourselves. Um, yeah. So I don't know. And the feedback I get, um, from clients is that the, the experience of being photographed is an empowering one. And I think I really make it my aim to just make a really safe, comfortable space, um, for people in front of the camera, because I know it's a really vulnerable place to be. So I hope that by doing that and by the way I talk to them and relate to them and talk to them about their business and what they're doing that I can really show them that they're amazing. And, um, you know, everyone who's running their own business is amazing. Like it's a bloody big deal to put yourself out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Couldn't agree more. Absolutely. And I just think that a lot of times we don't realize or give ourselves credit or understand that we've already taken a lot of brave acts or, you know, small steps of courage to actually just be, here where we are saying, I am going to do this and I'm going to step up and I'm going to believe in myself enough to start the website and name the business and say, hey, I've got this thing. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think that that's awesome. Yeah. And I think, you know, just saying, I am like, can you pay me? Like that's a real (laughs) thing. I remember when I first started like asking for payment, it was just it just felt so uncomfortable. I mean, now it's still uncomfortable sometimes, but yeah, just when you start out, it's like the imposter syndrome is unreal. So I think um, I'm not always working with people who are starting out, but even still like a few years in, if people haven't really put themselves out there, it's still a really scary place to be. Um, Yeah. And I love that's what you do too, Suze, is really encourage people to step beyond that fear and, and own who they are. 
Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Awesome. So as I have mentioned, today we are talking about the power of niching, which is something that you've obviously done in your business and has really helped you to accelerate, I guess, your business success. So when you talk to about uh, this particular topic, I don't think it's one that we've discussed on the podcast before. So I was really keen to kind of dive in and hear your experiences and also to give our listeners some really great tips and insights into, you know, how they can niche or if it's for them and some things to think about. So yeah, I'm excited to dive in. Yeah. Awesome. So what are some of the things that you've kind of, what did you go through? Let's talk a little bit about your niching journey yeah, yeah. and then some of the things you've learned. As I explained, I kind of started off shooting weddings and I think, um, at that point, I was just doing what people wanted and where I suppose there was money, which like, it sounds silly to say that, but I guess that's kind of the reality, weddings, the wedding industry. Um, and then from there, I really just took on whatever work came my way. I took, you know, I started shooting events, products, people, like anything that came along. Um, no one ever asked me to shoot a car, but I probably would have. Um, <laughs> and I guess like, I believe that at the start, you sort of have to do that. You have to explore those things and figure out what do you actually enjoy doing and who are the people you like to work with and, um, you know, where does your passion and purpose actually lie? Like sometimes it takes a while to figure that out. Um, I think though, as you go along, the old kind of cliche of like a jack of all trades and a master of none starts to come into play. And if I think if you really want to level up um, and start, playing big, um, then niching is really where it's at. And I think I've heard people talk about it on your podcast a lot as a, as an aside that, you know, as their business grows, they niche and that's when things kind of really took off. Um, so yeah, I think if you're just starting out, um, it's okay to not really know your niche. Um, but I think if you want to have a sustainable business that you actually enjoy being in, you've really got to find a niche that you love as well as that serves the people out there. Um, So just with that, because I guess niching is an interesting thing. So for those of you who are listening, who may be new to the business world, I'm sure those who are in business um, obviously understand that term, but it's obviously really narrowing your focus to target on a specific audience with a specific need. So niching is interesting though, because you could niche to, there's different levels of niching. Yes. Yeah. I guess is the point. So It's yeah. So when you started, obviously you were doing weddings and like you said, lots of other different things. So how did you start to decide what you were going to be focusing on? Yeah, I think, um, well, as I explained, there was some pragmatics involved. Like I didn't want to shoot 12 hour days anymore. Um, but I think once I started dipping my toe in other areas, I realized that what I really love about what I do is, the relational side and building that relationship, particularly with an individual. So I love working with sole traders for that reason um, because I feel like I can build that rapport and be their cheerleader as well as their photographer. Um, And I think for me it was about seeing as well, like where is the feedback coming from? You know, what is the feedback that I'm getting both within myself about what, where I'm in flow and where what's feeling effortless as well as, where's the positive feedback coming from outside of me? So where are the people saying, wow, you're doing something really different and we really love it. And where's that energy coming from? So for me, I think Sister Scout, the whole process of rebranding, like I knew I wanted to focus on females. I knew I wanted them to be creative women. Um, 
you know, who aligned with my values of authenticity and, um, you know, making an impact. And I wanted to be able to have an impact on them as well. Um, but I don't think I quite imagined the need that was out there and that my offering would be different or unique enough to really capture people's attention. But I suppose once I started getting the feedback from people that what I was offering was really needed and making an impact and I felt like I was enjoying myself more than I had been in years doing photography that I was like, okay, (laughs) I think I'll um, stick with this niche. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I think it's just that crossroads of like your passion, your purpose and the place of impact or the place of greatest impact where you feel like, yeah, like things are a bit less, I don't know, hard. Like things are come a bit easier and you just in flow and you really enjoy it. And the client loves it. Like I obviously that's not that easy to come by, but I think if you're getting inklings that, you know, like for me, it involved actually turning away from the um, financial side of things. Like if I'd actually done the mass, like it was, it's kind of a silly thing to give up um, your job as a wedding photographer because it's quite lucrative. And it, yeah, I have actually in some ways taken a pay cut doing this job and there's many more hours involved in going back and forth with business owners around what they want from their shoot. You know, what's their brand really nailing all of that before a shoot is a lot more effort than just turning up at someone's house and shooting their family or turning up at a wedding, you know, like there's actually a lot of work involved. Yeah. Um, And yet the price tag isn't quite as high as like a wedding or even sometimes family photography. So for me, it was going, I actually love this work so much and can see, the impact of it. Um, and I, I just really want to stick with that. Mm-hmm. And I think that alignment of purpose, passion and impact has meant that actually my business has grown financially um, in ways I didn't expect anyway. So that's where I think niching is really powerful. Okay. Yeah. And so like in what way has it grown that you weren't expecting financially? Um, I suppose like, Oh gosh, I don't know. Um, so this is my second year of working post child and yeah, in the last year I like my revenue was over a hundred thousand and that was, I guess I was still on the tail end of weddings and family photography and I'm still doing some family photography, but that was kind of a shock. Like I don't think I ever expected to get there. And even towards the end of the last financial year, I was like, is like, is QuickBooks making an error? Um, <laughs> I'm not very strategic. Hey, accidentally at a zero. <laughs> yeah. It felt like. Um, yeah. but like, so first of all, before we move on, one, I want to say massive congratulations thank and you. I celebrate your success with Aww, you. Thanks, Suze. And the other thing I want to say, and I've talked about it before and I may not have been on the podcast, but I think that us having the conversation around money I think is an important one as well. And I think it's, I think it, we should be free to share things with one another and feel like we're being celebrated as well. So I just wanted to kind of throw that in there too, because I, I think it's amazing. And whether you're making 30,000, 50,000, hundred, a million, like if you are doing what it is that you love and you are in a growth phase and you are, you know, working with people that you want to work with, I just think you've got to celebrate Yeah, all of those amazing milestones. Yeah. And I think it's, I think it's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. I felt really uncomfortable saying that figure because it's just a figure at the end of the day. And, 
you know, that's not what I took home. Like that's just the revenue. But um, I think like definitely. But it's still stuff. good. Like yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. even have to make excuses. Totally. <laughs> I know, I know. I just want, don't want people to think I'm like. No, like and, I think, and I think that's it as well. Like I just think I get excited. I get so excited yeah. when I see other women going, I did this and I made that. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's like, because the other thing is, is that it also gives other people, it's like if she did it, I can do it. And I've got yeah. so many business mentors where who I look at, I'm like, please, a million dollars to yeah. about the corner. <laughs> because I'm like, if, if they can do it, I can do it. And I believe that. So I think that, you know, I'm sure that it's inspiring to people. So, yeah. Yeah, I hope so. Um, and, you know, if you told me two years ago that, oh, yeah, you're going to be made redundant, you're going to have a toddler, you're going to work three days a week and you're going to be able to achieve that. Like I never would have believed people yeah. who told me that. So See, anything is possible. Yeah. That's, That's amazing. Right. And I love the fact that we can choose to have that career and yeah. still be financially Absolutely. Um, in that as well. But the other question that I just had was, I kind of want to get into the details. So for somebody who's yeah. listening, who's like, how do I niche? Yeah. Like what are some of the things that I'm talking about? Like, how did you, so you rebranded, what else did you do in your business? Like, the copy, how you talked about it, like what was the shift that you went through to niche? Yeah, so I think um, previously my wedding brand and my family photography brand was, you know, it was kind of me but it also kind of wasn't me. Like I felt like I couldn't really get on stories and just be silly and have a laugh and I don't know why. I think maybe my... I had this impression that my clients wanted me to be serious or like I needed to be professional and, you know, um, and so then when I rebranded and started photographing other business owners, I think I felt the sister scout brand was suddenly much more me. So I think working with a really good designer and also, I mean, if you have the ability to work with like a brand strategist, um, before you even get to your designer, um, and really hone in on your strategy and who you're trying to reach, like, actually spending the money to do that would be so wise. Like I didn't do that, but I think I sort of knew in my gut who I wanted to work with. Um, and that came through in my branding. And so then when I rebranded and relaunched on Instagram, I started just showing up as myself in a way that I hadn't been in my other brand. And I think, I, I think just being more um, attuned to who I am and people out there being given the opportunity to actually like get to know me, um, really, yeah, just accelerated things in that area. Like my niche found me and I found my niche. And so really my copy, um, I write all my own Instagram captions and most of my copy. Um, I have a VA who does my Facebook. She drafts up my email newsletters and helps me update my website. But mostly like I'm the one telling her how to write my brand tone of voice. But once again, like getting a good copywriter, getting a good graphic designer and really doing that work on your brand before you even start um, just makes all the difference. Um, I guess I'm lucky in that I come from a communications background. So Mm. I, yeah, it comes a bit more naturally to me. Like writing is something I love. Um, But I think if that's something you struggle with, definitely investing in a copywriter to help you um, really narrow down your tone of voice and make sure it's in alignment with your, the audience that you want to be reaching. Um, but yeah, as for like picking your audience, I suppose like I think more and more like 
if you can find, go deep and really find the purpose of your business, then that will help drive your niche. Um, if you just kind of randomly like pluck a demographic out and go, I'm going to target these people. Um, it probably won't be very aligned and you won't feel very authentic in doing that. So my advice and what I've sort of discovered, I think through this whole process is that it's your purpose that drives everything. So for me, that's empowering women, supporting women in business, seeing them step up past the fear into themselves. Um, so knowing that purpose kind of guides everything. It guides the way I write. It guides what I share on Instagram. It guides the people I align my brand with like you, Suze, like I know that's something you love as well. So I, you know, I invited you to speak at my women's day event or even holding a women's day event. Like that was a, um, in line with my purpose. So I think if you can base your niche on your purpose, it'll always be much more authentic, more aligned and more powerful. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know if that answers the question, but yeah, for sure. And I also think, you know, like you've sort of said is that when you niche down, then you can become a lot clearer with your messaging yep. so that you're actually speaking to a specific audience who say, yes, that's me. Yeah. I mean, every audience has different pain points. And that was something I did very clearly, even before I had Sister Scout, like I would only put wedding photos on my wedding website. I wouldn't put family photos and I would only put family photos on my family site. You know what I mean? Like realizing that actually my audience doesn't want to see like, photos of every type of photography and like if they're coming to find a wedding photographer they don't want to see a photo of a dog or whatever like you know what I mean <laughs> um and I suppose it's the same in any area like it's about really working on what your audience is looking for and what pain points they have um and if I I, I know a lot of photographers struggle to do this and really niche down um, on what they do. Cause it's easy to say yes to everything. But I think, you know, if you're on Instagram and you're talking about, you know, making family memories last, and then the next, the next day you're talking about, um, confidence and, you know, leveling up people's brands and branding photography, like mm. your audience is just, they're going to, they're not going to be engaging with every post and the, the momentum you build just, it's going to be held back. So, I think really trying to focus on doing one thing well um, or kind of just really knowing your audience's pain points and really sticking with that. Like that is, like you said, a big part of the benefit of niching is the marketing um, that your marketing can be a lot more targeted. Mm. And um, yeah, it's like, if you're a web designer, you could be a Wix, you know, you could try and design Wix, Squarespace, WordPress, you could do them all, or you could be known as the gun of Wix or the gun who does amazing Squarespace or the gun who does amazing Divi. Like it's just about, you know, people like I'm a Squarespace fan and I would, <laughs> I like, I specifically went to a designer who designed Squarespace websites because why would I, you know, like it's, yeah. that's where specializing I think is so powerful. And so they know my pain points when it comes to using Squarespace or WordPress or whatever and why I just like need someone else to do it. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I think just from an audience perspective, as in like, if I'm your audience or if I'm somebody who follows you, I actually want to be all in on you, which yeah. means, so when you were saying, you know, if you do a family shot and then a branding shot and then a, a product shot and like, you know, like if it's a lot of different stuff, like if you just focus on, you know, one or two, as a consumer of your content, I want to love like all of your posts. So like you said, if there's a lot of different things, it's quite confusing. 
But I know that I go to specific accounts and I'm, I could go and love pretty much every single one of their photos, you know, yeah. because it's like, I'll give like even electric confetti, neon signs. I'm like a <laughs> moth to the flame. <laughs> and I'm literally, like I sometimes I just go to their page and I just like scroll through. I'm like, basically I just love every picture. I don't care if it's like a kid's room neon sign or it's a neon <laughs> sign at a wedding. I'm just like, I freaking love neon signs. So yeah. I just but think, if they started showing like pop up corporate signs, you'd be like, "What? Like, yeah, not so me. So That's well, not the way I follow you." Amazing and neon. <laughs> Who knows? But, but the point is, is that you do you want some consistency yeah. of message, and you want to give your audience a really clear understanding of what it is that you're about, and give them content that they love. And I think consistency is really important, which niching really helps you yeah. be consistent in a specific yes. area. Yeah, you confuse, you lose. Is that what they say? Yes, StoryBrand. <laughs> I love StoryBrand. <laughs> I'm story brand. If you don't listen to the story brand podcast, it's amazing. I love it as well. Awesome. So was there anything else that came out of, or that you sort of found through niching that you've been able to do more for your client group? I think like really honing in on who I was wanting to work with and the people who were coming to me, um, made me want to serve them more. And like photography is a beautiful starting point. I think, for relationship building because it is such a vulnerable space. Like people do really give me a lot of trust um, when they step in front of my camera and I don't take that lightly. And so I found I was building all these beautiful relationships with women in service-based businesses um, who all had like aligned values and purpose, or not necessarily purposes, but aligned values as mine. And that's when I started thinking maybe like I could run an event for these women and where they could all meet each other and like hang out because I love them all. So why don't you guys all hang out? Um, and that's where the first sister scout event came from in March that you were on the panel for Suze and that you've talked about on the podcast. Um, yeah, like I think it's been a really unexpected thing that's come from niching, but I love it. Like I love your phrase pressing the flesh. Yeah. (laughs) There's nothing quite like pressing the flesh and, um, yeah, I think being able to, like, if once you've niched, you know what your audience wants and needs. And so I've been able to sort of create a couple of events now that really speak to those people and where they're at and what they're looking for, I suppose, and the wider journey of being a business owner, not just photography. So we ran a, an event just before end of financial year about um, getting money smart. And, you know, people, it was amazing to see the impact that had on people, the things that were going to go off and change. Like I started paying myself super, um, just think, you know, little things like that. Um, and you know, you've done that with your beautiful community as well. Like just being able to niche, I think provides you with the clarity around what your audience might want. And, um, personally, I'm hoping to expand my services to service that niche as well. So, I'm looking at doing like a fun headshot brunch morning type thing where, you know, you'll have like brunch as well as an opportunity to get a quick headshot and network. Like, so for me, knowing that my audience are wanting to connect with each other, that they, you know, they want the opportunity to yeah press the flesh, um, to be educated, to grow, to level up all that stuff. Like that's helped me then sort of narrow down, well, what services and what things do I want to be providing them with? Yeah. So, yeah. And I think the other thing as well, um, 
I love that you can serve your audience more when you do really narrow down and focus on what it is that you want to do and what they need. I think the other thing that I really love is you just, you know, I talk about it all the time is you build a brand specifically in the niche that you're in. So even yesterday, somebody was saying to me, I need photography. And I'm like, here's like three people like that do amazing branded photography for women in business. And it was you and two other people that I know. And, and so I just think that once again, you allow your your reputation to precede you if you make the decision and, you know, put a stake in the ground and say, this is what I do and this is who I am and this is who I'm for. And if that's not you, I'm cool with that. And maybe there's, you know, other photographers or other business coaches or whatever that are for you. So I think that niching really allows you to own your space and grow, you know, your reputation in a specific area so that you can really be known for a certain thing, which is that's so, so worth it. Yeah. And I think, you know you're in a good place when you're actually turning people away. Um, Amy from Craft Coaching and Development, my business coach, calls it the shedding. Like once you become really clear on what you, uh, or on your purpose and what you really want to do, like there's this kind of shedding that happens when you start to lose clients. And actually it's a really good thing yeah. and you start saying no and people just aren't the right fit. But equally, the right people come along. And as you say, people like yourself or other referrals come along and those referrals would never have happened if you hadn't put your stake in the ground and said, well, this is what I am, what I want to be known for. Um, yeah. Like if, you know, I've got friends in who are graphic designers and they readily will pass clients around to someone who they know loves that particular style or, you know, they love kind of dark and moody or that's their thing. Like, why would you want someone who specializes in, you know, dark and moody? Like, doing Caesar's branding. You know what I mean? Like, just, <laughs> yeah. It, yeah, I think if you try to do everything for everyone, you actually probably lose more people than if you just stuck to the one thing and then the right people come to yeah. you. Which it's, it's logical if you think about it, but we yeah. somehow get caught up in, oh, but I just can't say no to people and I just want to say yes. I don't know where my next paycheck's coming from. I've just got to say yes to all the things. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I do think that when you say no to things, it allows the space for the right people to come in as well, which I know can be hard. Mm. Um, and so you kind of have to make those decisions and, and you know, support yourself where you can, which we, we, I, we talked about at your event, actually. Somebody did ask, what <laughs> do I have to take nightmare clients <laughs> if I need the money? <laughs> And I just kind of think you've just got to work out like, you yeah. know, what you can do to make things happen. But I think if you consistently take on clients that are wrong, you never leave the space for the clients that are right. Um, yeah. And I think it makes it a lot harder. And I think the other thing is, is that when you take a lot of business that's not right for you, it just saps your energy and your motivation. Totally. Yeah. Direction. Like if you start know, questioning yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that it's important to, yeah, get a bit tougher with, who you want to work with and how you're going to do that um, and be really specific with it because it will, it will grow. If you are consistent mm -hmm. and you keep going and you don't give up after two weeks, <laughs> it can really happen. <laughs> it can really happen for you. <laughs> yeah. And I think like, you know, realizing that it's not an overnight thing, like, I don't know. I, I had my commercial sort of brand, Sophie Timothy, 
for a good year and a half before, or maybe even two years before I rebranded to Sister Scout. And it was just kind of like going along, plodding along. Um, and, you know, it wasn't the graphic designer's fault that my logo was kind of boring. It was because I hadn't figured out who I wanted to serve yet and really what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I think just be kind to yourself and remember that sometimes these things do take time. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It won't happen overnight, but it will happen. <laughs> it will happen. <laughs> awesome. Now, is there anything else that you feel that we need to share around niching, Sophie? I feel like we've covered it pretty well. Um, yeah, I guess like one thing I might just re-emphasize is I think often businesses put off investing in quality advice because they don't have the cash flow at the start. But I think if you can invest in a brand, in brand strategy, in social strategy, in good copywriter, in all those things, like they will support you reaching your niche and having a niche really well. So if you can get that foundation stuff down, even if it means taking a bit of a hit early on, like I think that pays dividends in the long term or even yet getting a business coach, that kind of thing, like they can really equip you and empower you to find your niche perhaps before you thought you might need those services. Um, that's in my experience anyway, has been a huge part of my growth as well is outsourcing and just getting help yeah, <laughs> and absolutely. Like finding experts in their field who have also niche, like, yeah, they've niched and you need their services to help you niche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much. I thank you for sharing your story as well. I kind of asked a few personal questions there, but you know, that's okay. <laughs> Like, we're friends <laughs> you're amongst friends it's but um, no, I think that that's really helpful and I think that if you are listening right now and you are sort of feeling like you don't know which direction to go and you don't know exactly what to do it is really important to step out of the weeds of what's going on and as Sophie says either hire somebody who can really help you get a better perspective on your business and throw ideas around. I mean, I've, you know, I get strategy um, sessions booked in all the time where people are like, I've got a million ideas and I don't know what to do with them. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, and so I just think you need to really, you know, take the time. I think that when you're constantly doing, uh, it's really hard to see the wood from the trees. Uh, and you don't just want to be the hamster on the wheel. Oh, my gosh, how many more, like, you know, <laughs> uh, sayings can I throw in there? <laughs> but you don't want to be the hamster on the wheel where in a year's time you're still feeling the same. So if you are struggling right now to figure out whether you should niche, what your niche should be, then just stop for a second, book out some time, get a friend if you don't have the means to hire a coach or somebody to help you um, and just start to really look at what's working, what's not, et cetera, um, and really review how your business is going, what you're loving um, mm. and where you want to focus your efforts and energy as well. And where you feel like you're having the most impact. Yes. Because it might not be the most profitable, but perhaps you could make it more profitable. Yeah. I think you've got to choose where to put your eggs and... Look, there's another cliche. <laughs> put your eggs in the basket. Is that what I'm so we've bad. got hamster on hamster wheel. We've got eggs in the basket. We've got wood from the trees. That's it. Might be a few more that come through. Who knows? Very agricultural. 
That's so true. But yeah, I do think that it's absolutely worthwhile. And I bang on about this all the time. You know, it's like, if you think you don't have time, you, yeah. you're like, there's no way that you are going to grow your business if you don't make yeah. the yeah. really focus on these sorts of things. Yeah. Amen. I, this year was my first, or well, this last financial year was the first year that I decided to take one day a week to not be working out shooting. Yeah. It's funny that since doing that, my business has grown. Like, yeah, amazing, isn't it? Yeah, surprise, surprise. Yeah. Working on my business <laughs> has resulted in my business growing. Wow. Yeah. yeah. So I highly recommend that. Yeah. And I mean, even for me, like, you know, I'm five years now in business, which I absolutely love. And uh, the business has, has done really well and it's so enjoyable, but I'm constantly tweaking. Like I'm, I'm like, I've got my niche. I know where I'm going, but you know, sometimes you just kind of got to tweak it a little bit, but it's only taking the time out of my business to actually sit back and go, what's happening, what's working, what's not like, what do you really want to do more? And cause we all evolve like, you know, we, and the market changes and your clients change. So you've got to be keeping up with that as well. Yeah. I love that you are very open about that too. Like that's really encouraging for those of us out there on the journey too. Like seeing you go, I'm actually, you know, stopping doing one-to-ones and I'm going to do group coaching and I'm going to focus on this and that. Like, that's really cool to see you actually going, actually I've been doing this for X amount of years, but now's the time to change things up. Like I love that. So yeah, keep sharing that stuff with us. (laughs) I'm just like, and another thing. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I just shared yesterday that I, um, it was a really big decision for me. I've had my membership, my exchange of members group for four years and, um, yeah, and I closed that. I'll be closing that at the end of the month. It was a really, really hard decision. Once again, reoccurring revenue is never easy to let go of and letting go of some of the community as well. Um, but you know, they're local and I love them and they'll still be at events and I'll still see them. I, like I said to them, I'm not going to go anywhere, but you've kind of got to go. And I have to be honest. And I said this to you, I think Jamie's podcast, uh, (laughs) which was, I think two before this, I'll put it in the show notes. I think it was 65 she just said focus on the one thing and I know you were kind of going I don't know whether like what do people think about that but for me personally I'm like oh my gosh kick in the pants yes just focus on this thing that yeah. you want to focus on yeah. so I made yeah, it was a great episode it was a good episode I listened to it again yesterday <laughs> after I got emotional I on that. Facebook live with my oh. members I'm closing oh. um I went and for a walk and I re-listened to it just to almost re- yeah, reaffirm my decision that it was right and I knew why I was doing it and I just want to say this right now I made that decision because I can't do all the things. Yep. I yep. did not have capacity. I was stretched and I... You don't want to be a hamster on the wheel. I was, I was the hamster. <laughs> I was the hamster on the wheel. So there you go. You, got, you just got a whole lot of extra information that you weren't banking on. But anyway, that's how they... <laughs> But that's niching as well, isn't it? Like, you, it is. you know, you're like evolving your niche with 100%. your needs and your audience's needs. And yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, is that because I have niched more um, in the corporate space as well with speaker and presentation coaching, that has taken off. Yeah. So that is, so that's why I don't have capacity for some of the other things now, but by niching in that area and going, talking about that to the people that I need to be talking to about that, 
I'm just getting like inquiries every other day and I'm like, that's like amazing. So it really does pay off. And maybe you focus on niching and then once you start to attract those clients more, but you are consistent in that space, you can start to let other things go. So, you know, it's a bit of a balance. You've got to decide whether you've got the capacity to focus on that and then let go of things as that niche grows for you. Mm, Awesome. Sophie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. We talked about so many things. My pleasure. I'm so, so happy to be on this amazing podcast. It's my favourite podcast. Oh, thank you. That's amazing. Now, for those people who are in the car, walking their dog, jogging, whatever, where can they find you? Uh, Sister Scout Studio on Instagram is probably the main place. Um, Sisterscout.studio is my website. That's probably, yeah, the main spaces you can find me. Fantastic. And we will have all of Sophie's details in the show notes. So you can go and check that out. But go say hi to her on Insta. And, you know, if you are listening to this episode, then make sure that you share it as well and tag both Sophie and myself. And we will reshare it because I love, I love it when you share. It's so nice. (laughs) Makes me feel special. Um, But, yeah, awesome. Thank you so much, Sophie. Okay. Take care. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and if you've got any questions and obviously, like I said, you can tag us on Insta, let us know. I would love to know whether you've already niched or whether it's something that, like I said, you're thinking about. But yeah, I really enjoyed that conversation. I like kind of, sometimes I like going a little bit off topic and diving into people's businesses a little bit deeper and getting sort of behind the scenes of how they made their decisions and what they did. So hopefully you enjoy that too. Um, And yeah, we talked about some stuff that I think sometimes as women in business, we shy away from because we feel uncomfortable or we feel like we're not going to be celebrated or people are going to look at us funny and you know something at the end of the day it's the whole thing thing of worrying about what other people think but hopefully if you find your tribe and the women that you know you can really share honestly with and I've spoken about this before I love the women that I have in my community and the women that I catch up with on a regular basis because we don't pretend We don't pretend like everything's always amazing. We have deep conversations about things that matter. We're really honest with each other when things are going really well so that we can celebrate together as well as when things are going really crap so that we can support each other and not kind of be like giving each other solutions, but just kind of saying, you know something, I'm just here for you and I'm happy to listen. And if you need a glass of wine or a cup of coffee or whatever it is, then I am here and I'm happy to support you in whatever you need. So I just think that that's really important too. But thanks once again for hanging out. And if you enjoyed it, then as always, I'd love you to share it as well. Uh, You can find me on all social platforms at Suze Chadwick, S-U-Z-C-H-A-D-W-I-C-K. And if you do enjoy the podcast, then I'd love you to leave a review on iTunes because that helps other people to find us as well. But also, if you just share that you're listening to this, then all of your followers and your community can check us out as well. And I do really value that. But thanks so much for hanging out this week again. Until next time, have an awesome week and make sure you, amazing lady, keep playing big and branding bold.